It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hopefully you guys are all having a great Thursday whenever you hear this podcast. It's always a blast to bring it to you. A lot to get to on today's show like normal. We're going to talk some BYU football here in this first segment. Our post-spring position group analysis continues. We're talking BYU tight ends today. Headliners out for spring ball, but BYU should be sneakily strong at that position heading into 2019. We'll break that down. BYU held their annual Y Awards last night. We'll talk about the winners last night during that in the second second segment will run down who won some of my thoughts on those athletes and why they were deserving of the awards handed out to them and of course we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports baseball in action tonight men's volleyball and also women's soccer playing a national team we'll break all that all down for you coming up next right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast a reminder for you guys if you do listen to the show please do it when you get in the car turn plug in your phone tell your smart device play podcast Locked On Cougars that way you're always up to date on everything going on with BYU sports. Thanks again for joining us. Let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for April 4th, 2019. guys, I'm Jay Catch, your BYU insider and host here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download the show on this Thursday. Hopefully you guys are all having a great day wherever you are. Weather here along the Wasatch Front could not be more spectacular. It is a blue ribbon day up and down the Wasatch Front. So hopefully you guys, if you're here in Utah or elsewhere, the weather's good for you. You can get outside and really enjoy what appears to be a beautiful spring day. A lot to talk to talk about, like I said, in the open, talking some BYU tight ends here for a moment. And this position group, we talked about it in our run up to spring ball. We did that week long, five burning questions leading into spring ball. And we talked a lot about the tight, a lot about the tight ends and how this was a group that wasn't going to have its headliners participating in spring ball. And they didn't. Matt Bushman was on the field. He was being a pseudo coach, the junior tight end from Tucson, Arizona, recovering from multiple injuries he suffered during the 2018 season. So he was on the sideline alongside Marone Laulu Pututau, who also is recovering from ACL reconstructive surgery. So the two headliners at the position group were not participating. Hank Tui Pelotu also out due to an ACL tear. So what you presume might be the third option also missed spring ball. But but that didn't mean that they didn't get some work done. Uh, guys like Braden Kime, I thought had some good showings. Braden Kime is a massive human being. They list him on the BYU roster at 6'9", 260 pounds, and he is all of that. Do I think he's too tall to play the position? Well, there's always that debate to be had, but I thought Corbin Kafusi legitimately was too tall to play defensive end at six foot nine, and it appears that he could be in the NFL next year. So what do I know? I know that I'm supposed to be your expert when it comes to this, but... 
It's never an exact science when it comes to football. Uh, guys like Moteki Ailongi, massive human being, six foot seven, four hundred pounds, but I don't expect him to ever contribute in a meaningful way to BYU, and that's nothing against Big Mo. It's just he's too big. He doesn't have the natural athleticism to contribute at a high level at the D1 level in particular. So getting back to the tight ends here is spring ball was not a waste. We saw Tanner Leishman, though, a guy that I thought showed some potential during spring ball. He's more of a wide receiver type of tight end, a Y receiver, the guy that splits out, not necessarily a blocking tight end, announced shortly after spring ball concluded that he is moving on with his life. He has decided to give up football, move on. He's married, etc. And I wish him the best of luck. I thought he was a guy that definitely could have made an impact. So he will no longer be on BYU's roster. He's a six foot six, two hundred and forty-five pound tight end. So that leaves the guys that actually contributed in spring ball down to Addison Pulsifer, Nate Heaps, and Braden Kime. Now. You're going to have three guys coming back in the fall, presumably, if they're able to heal up in time. Matt Bushman should be good to go. Moroni Laulu Pututau, who we've had on this show, expects to be 100% by the time fall comes. And here's hoping that he's able to overcome this latest setback. He's had all kinds of issues. He's had his hashtag finding out why as he tries to wade through all of this. Hank Tuipolotu, I'm not 100% sure on the timing of him coming back because he got hurt shortly after BYU had a glut of tight ends get injured including Moroni so we'll see what happens in in fall camp with those three in particular but there's also some help coming in the form of guys coming off LDS missions Isaac Rex the son of former BYU tight end legend Byron Rex comes off a mention comes off his mission should be joining BYU in time for fall camp he was a highly thought of three-star prospect from San Clemente High School down there in Southern California other guys that could come in and contribute at tight end, if the coaches decide they need him there, are guys like Alema Pilimai, who has played both linebacker and tight end at, during his time at BYU as a freshman. He's coming off a mission. Six foot four, 220 pound athlete. We'll see what happens if they decide to keep him on the defensive side of the ball and allow him to contribute there. And then one other guy that I thought could play tight end in a pinch, but I think ultimately might end up on the defensive line is Tyler Batty out of Payson High School, right here locally in Utah. So, Very interesting to see what happens with BYU's tight ends, but I do think, and this is kind of the crux of what I wanted to talk about during this segment, is I think the tight end group for BYU is a sneakily underrated contributing position going into the 2019 season. And I don't mean it that, well, Matt Bushman's overlooked, blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying with all the injuries that BYU suffered at the position group, a lot of guys saw time. And during spring ball, we saw a kid in Darius McFarland, who had been listed as a fullback, play what BYU is calling their wingback position. It's kind of a modified fullback position where they're not lining up in a traditional three-point stance all the time behind a quarterback in an I formation, etc. They go up behind a tight end or a tackle near the line of scrimmage, and they they call it a wingback. We had a conversation with Steve Clark that I played on the podcast during spring ball, and he talked about wingbacks, and that's what Darius McFarland played. And McFarland looks every bit the guy who could contribute as kind of that H-back um, option guy. I really felt like BYU was hopeful that Dallin Holker would be able to contribute this year. He played that H-back position to just incredible 
He had well, he played it to perfection. That is probably too strong of a term, but he's very good as a freshman playing there. But I feel like a guy like Darius McFarland showed in spring ball that he definitely can be a contributor. I don't necessarily think that you'll see him listed on the tight end position group. He'll probably remain listed as a running back on BYU's official roster, but he's absolutely a guy that can contribute. So the good news is for BYU, there are four or five guys I feel like on this roster that could come in during fall camp on into the season and contribute at a high level. The headliner is going to be Matt Bushman, followed closely by Moroni Laulu Pututau. I would expect if they're both healthy, you'll see them both on the field together maybe split out together or opposite sides of the field to make mismatches for BYU's offense all year long this year. I think they're getting away in terms of what Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick are planning. They're getting away a little bit more from the traditional downhill running attack. They were running with Tanner Mangum under center. I think we all saw that a year ago as that position group or the offense, not the position group, the offense really evolved into more of a spread set. They're still doing a lot of the traditional things they have done and what Jeff Grimes prefers to do, but they've mixed in a lot of spread elements, and that means tight ends like Matt Bushman and Moroni Laulu Pututau, who can both split up and also play attached to the offensive line, become big-time weapons. That BYU will be able to use those guys to great effect. If Hank Tui Pelotu can get healthy, I've heard good things about him. If Darius McFarland's flash that he showed in spring ball, and I don't think it's, I think it's more than a flash, I think he showed the ability to be a solid receiver. That makes for a very deep and very talented tight end group all of a sudden, and that's not including guys coming off missions like an Isaac Rex, who is very highly thought of coming out of high school. So. I think the best news out of all of this is that BYU's tight end group should be stacked, should be ready to go come fall camp, coming up into the upcoming season in 2019, and they should be able to contribute at a high level, and that's good news for BYU's offense. I know there's been some concern about BYU's wide receivers and their ability to contribute at a high level. A lot of us in the media have bemoaned the fact that BYU doesn't have difference makers at wide receiver. Well, if you have tight ends that can make the difference, that helps take, I guess, some of the some of the edge off of BYU fans in the media when it comes to bemoaning the fact that, yeah, you don't have a wide receiver that can take, a, take the top off an offense. Do I feel like a guy like a Gunnar Romney, maybe a Luca Andrada coming in from high school can be that guy? Potentially, but talking about the tight ends, a tight end, as BYU fans, you can think back, Johnny Harleen, Dennis Pitta, they are a difference maker. They can be massive, massive weapons if utilized the right way. So I think BYU right now coming out of spring ball has to be bullish on their tight end group despite not having those guys contribute in spring ball. We'll see what happens during fall camp. And here's hoping that this year the tight end group at BYU can stay healthy because they absolutely got decimated last year. All right, we will take a time out here, come back on the other side, and to talk about BYU's Y Awards. They had their annual awards event for their BYU athletes last night. We'll run down the winners, who took home what awards. We'll break that all down for you next. Reminder for you guys, though, before we do that, if you're looking for a new podcatcher, check out the brand new Himalaya podcast app. I have been a long time. Apple Podcast subscribers, it's what I've used to listen to my podcast, but I'm slowly but surely switching all of my listening over to the Himalaya app. It's fantastic. New features being added all the time. You can create lists. You can have a personally curated playlist that you can create yourself, or you can have the app help you out with that as well. Check it out, guys. It's a fantastic new feature. Proud to be partnered with the Locked On Podcast Network, so check that out. But more in a moment, you are Locked On Cougars. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need 
to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back to the Locked On Cougars podcast. Hope you guys are all having a great Thursday. Last night, BYU athletes were out and about in Provo at the Marriott Center to celebrate the Y Awards. It's an annual awards event that BYU has kind of created, kind of in the vein of the ESPYs like ESPN does. That usually comes later on in the summer. But it's a chance for BYU athletes to gather together with their coaches and administrators and just celebrate their accomplishments over the year. I actually think it's a great event. Uh, they televised it for a few years on BYU TV. I'm not sure why they stopped doing that other than BYU TV. I don't think thinks BYU sports are a priority, and that's actually really dumb if you ask me, but that's a topic for another day. We might actually have to do a podcast on that at some point, and I'll share my my thoughts on BYU TV and why sports should be a massive part of their platform, whereas it appears that they don't see that see it that way. But that's neither here nor there. Here nor there. We'll leave that alone. But there's a lot to get to when it comes to the BYU Y Awards. And congratulations to all the athletes that were honored. I guess first things first. Uh, it, it's a, it's a privilege to be honored by your peers in any industry. Which of where you participate, whether it's work, whatever you got going on. I think everybody appreciates when your peers, your coworkers, your fellow athletes, your teammates, whatever it may be, honors you. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel validated in many ways. It makes you, it makes you feel like, hey, I made a positive contribution. So my first things first is I want to say congratulations to all these athletes. Now, let's run down the award winners, and we'll break down and give you some of my thoughts on some of them. And some of them I don't really have thoughts. We'll just move along. We'll start off with the male and female athletes of the year, and I think these were two of the easiest picks of the night. There'll be some other no-brainers we'll get to here in a moment, but on the female athlete of the year side, Roni jones from Women's Volleyball, the National Player of the Year, also a Honda Award finalist. She was Region Player of the Year. Essentially, almost any award that Roni Jones-Perry could have won, she did this year, leading BYU to the Final Four of the NCAA Women's Volleyball Tournament. Congratulations to her. She was number four in the nation in kills, a fantastic athlete and well-deserving of this award. The Male Athlete of the Year went to Yoli Childs. Easy pick here. All-region, all-WCC first-team honoree. He was a candidate for the Lute Olsen National Player of the Year Award, Lou Henson Mid-Major Player of the Year Award, and Carl Malone Award, which is the National Power Forward of the Year. So congratulations to Yoli Childs. He is on his way to figure out what he's going to do professionally. I know there's some people that are hopeful that a new coach with BYU basketball, and I don't have anything to report today in terms of developments. It sounds like it's kind of died down for the time being that he is going to go professional. I know there's some hope that a new coach might be able to convince him to hang on for a year. I don't think that's happening. I think his mind is made up. So congratulations to Yoli Childs. He was sporting a pretty nice beard last night. I have to say it was quite the look for Yoli Childs. Other awards. Uh, Female Rookie of the Year was a co-award. Two players, two athletes were awarded 
awarded this. Heather Knighting from Women's Volleyball, the National Freshman of the Year. Congratulations to her. Also, Shaylee Gonzalez, WCC Newcomer of the Year, also an All-WCC Women's First Team honoree. They shared the Female Rookie of the Year Award, both very deserving, and I understand why they shared that award. Male Rookie of the Year went to Gabby Garcia-Fernandez from Men's Volleyball. He was the National Newcomer of the Year last year, an All-American Second Team honoree and MPSF Freshman of the Year. So congratulations to Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. He is in action with men's volleyball later on tonight at Grand Canyon. We'll break that down for you in the, in the next segment. Comeback Athlete of the Year went to Erica Burke-Jarvis from Women's Cross Country. She actually gave birth to her son in late December of 2017, came back to be a 2018 First Team All-American, WCC Runner of the Year, All-Region, All-WCC First Team. She helped BYU, uh, she helped the team to the WCC Championships and also finished in ninth place at the NCAA. Uh, sorry, excuse me. She helped the team win the WCC championship and ninth, and helped them to a ninth place finish at the NCAA tournament. Excuse me, finishing seventh individually. So congratulations to Erica Burke Jarvis. Walk on of the year went to Caitlin Aldridge, and I know some of you that know that name are probably wondering why in the world is she winning a walk on award. Well, Caitlin Aldridge is a former four-year starter for the women's softball team at BYU. She was the 2017 WCC Player of the Year, but she had one more year of eligibility, so she used it and walked onto the women's basketball team. She became an integral part of the lineup as BYU made that run to the NCAA tournament, winning the West Coast Conference tournament title. So congratulations to Caitlin Aldredge on winning walk-on of the year. Uh, male and female crowd pleaser of the year. We'll start on the women's side of things. Shannon Evans from gymnastics. She was an All-American second team honoree. They will be in action at the NCAA Regionals. Speaking of women's gymnastics later on this week, I believe it starts tomorrow actually. So congratulations to Shannon Evans on winning female crowd pleaser of the year. Male crowd pleaser of the year went to TJ Hawes. All-WCC second team honoree. All-academic, all-district first team. So congratulations to TJ. I think you had to give him an award somewhere. Might as well be this one. On to the next awards here. The Lou Wallace Outstanding Senior Female Athlete Award went to Lindy Haddock-Epich from Women's Volleyball, a first-team All-American. Congratulations to Lindy Haddock-Epich. You're going to hear Women's Volleyball be rewarded very heavily as we run down these awards. On the men's side of things, the Ed Stein Outstanding Senior Male Athlete Award went to Clayton Young from Men's Cross Country. He was an All-WCC Second-Team Honoree, helped BYU win the WCC title, also finishing number two in the nation. The best finish the program is ever had. So congratulations to both Lindy Haddock Epich and Clayton Young. The Cougar Club Memorial Award had two different winners here. Mary Lake from Women's Volleyball, also an All-American second team honoree. Andrea Stapleton-Johnson shared the award with her from Women's Track and Field. She was a first team All-American after finishing eighth in the high jump at the 2018 NCAA Outdoor Championships. So congratulations to both Mary Lake and Andrea Stapleton-Johnson there. The Leona Holbrook Spirit of Sport Award went to Rose Huang from Women's Golf. She won the WCC championship by seven strokes. She was an all-WCC first-team honoree. She finished 21st of the NCAA championships last year. She's got women's golf rolling this year. Had a very good showing in their most recent tournament. Best of luck to them as they get ready for the WCC championships coming up in a couple of weeks. She shared that award with Maddie Sidaway-Gates from the soccer team. She played in all 19 games for women's soccer this year, tallying five goals and two assists. So congratulations to both Rose Huang and Maddie Sidaway-Gates. The Dell R. McCann Spirit of Sport Award went to Connor McMillan for men's cross country and track and field. He's an All-American in both cross country and track, runs the long distances, helped BYU win that WCC title in cross country and finished number two in the nation.
Nation in cross country. So congratulations to Connor McMillan. The Floyd Johnson Service Award went to Ellie Brinton from, from the women's swimming and diving team. She's done a lot of service. That's what this one's all about. She's also a 2018 All-MPSF second team honoree in the 100 and 200 fly events. So congratulations to Ellie Brinton. Running on the final awards here, the Kimball Memorial Award, which is the highest individual GPA award on the men's side, went to Matthew Pierce, while Katie Smith from Women's Swimming and Diving won that award on the women's side of things. The men's team GPA award went to men's tennis. Matthew Pierce leading the way there. Women's team GPA went to soccer. Coach of the year went to Heather Olmstead from Women's Volleyball. A very easy decision there as well, leading her team to NCAA Final Four. Congratulations to her. Assistant coach of the year went to Stephanie Perkins from Women's Track and Field. Men's team of the year, men's cross country. You finished number two in the country. Well, you kind of deserve it. And then the women's team of the year, obviously, women's volleyball. That final four berth really made it an easy decision. So congratulations to all of the athletes involved with the Y Awards. Best of luck to whatever's next for them. A lot of them are coming back to contribute, I'm sure, in the future. They don't have their eligibility expired quite yet, but best of luck to all those athletes as they go on to bigger and better things. And thank you, I think I can say for all BYU fans, for all of your performances over the past prior seasons slash year. All right, more in a moment. We'll catch up on every Everything else going on in BYU sports tonight. A lot to get to. Uh, BYU baseball facing a big-time opponent in WCC play. We'll break that all down for you next. But a reminder for you guys that the Locked On Podcast Network has relaunched our Locked On MLB show and individual team podcasts. If you want to catch up with your favorite MLB team, I'm a Seattle Mariners fan, you can do it in 15 minutes or less each and every day with the Locked On Podcast Network. Check it out, guys. You can search out those podcasts. The Locked On MLB show has been very good as as well as they've relaunched that. So check it all out. That's brand new. Baseball season just underway. We're in the opening week for for Major League Baseball. So check out the brand new Locked On MLB shows right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. More in a moment. You are listening to the Locked On Cougars podcast. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Our Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on this Thursday edition of the show. Going to break down everything going on tonight in BYU Sports. There are three teams in action. We'll run down each of them for you here in a moment. Uh, just want to remind you guys, though, when you guys are out and about, make sure to use your podcatcher or your smart device, whatever you're using, a smart speaker, whatever it is. Tell it to play podcast Locked On Cougars. You can kill time and always be up to date with everything going on in BYU Sports with this daily podcast. Thank you guys in advance for your continued support of the show. Please continue to subscribe, rate, and review the show, especially if you're new. If you're brand new to the show, welcome on in. This is a podcast focused on BYU sports. That's all we do. We talk BYU sports, football, basketball, and every other athletic department program for BYU. And I thank you guys once again for letting me bring this to you guys each and every day. It's an absolute honor and a privilege to be doing this. And I'm thankful also to the Locked On Podcast Network for selecting me as the BYU host for the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, let's get to the actual action going on on the fields and the courts today. Tonight, we'll start off with men's volleyball. They finish up 
their regular season play, trying to improve their seed line when it comes to the MPSF playoffs coming up at the MPSF tournament. They face Grand Canyon in Phoenix, Arizona at Antelope Gymnasium tonight. That's at 7 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. That's Arizona time. So it be 8 o'clock Mountain Time here in Utah. There will be a live stream on YouTube. You also can get links to that and live stats on the BYU Cougars website. Best of luck to the men's volleyball teams. They try to finish out the season on a strong note. They've had a rough go the last couple of weeks. Women's soccer. This is an awesome event. If you have a chance to go out and support the women's soccer team, I would do it tonight. They're actually hosting the Argentina women's national team. Yes, a national team. These are the best players from Argentina coming to Southfield. It'll be broadcast live on BYU TV. Best of luck to Jennifer Rockwood and her team. It's an awesome, awesome honor and a privilege to have a national team, an international opponent, come to Provo, Utah and Southfield to face off against the women's soccer team. Best of luck to the women's soccer team as they square off against Argentina. Now, finishing things out tonight will be BYU baseball. They'll be in action opening up WCC, a WCC series against San Diego. That'll be at Fowler Park in San Diego against the San Diego Toreros. The Toreros are an annual contender when it comes to the West Coast Conference. They've had great players over the years and just some stellar athletes. They always recruit well. They always have good teams. And BYU's in for a battle tonight. Coming off that loss to Utah that saw BYU snap an eight-game win streak. They'll be looking to rebound and win against San Diego tonight. That game will begin at 6 o'clock Pacific time. That's 7 o'clock Mountain time here in Utah. It'll be broadcast online on the W.TV. It'll also be broadcast over there on BYU. Radio. So best of luck to Mike Littlewood and his team. I want to run down some notes real quick. And these come via Jordan Christiansen, who does a great job as BYU's SID for baseball. Uh, they'll be starting right, senior right-hander Jordan Woods. B, Jordan Wood, BYU's ace, goes in the opener tonight. So that should give BYU a great look. Well, I want to run down some of the stats on the pitching. I've talked about it all year long. Well, you want me to back that up? I'm sure you do. There are four players where the only teammates in the country to be, all be ranked in the top 130 nationally in Speaking of Jordan Wood, Easton Walker, Justin Sterner, and then Reed McLaughlin. So they're all four of those teammates. They're the only teammates to be in the top 130 nationally in ERA. Walker, like we mentioned yesterday, is leading the country with a 0.00 ERA. He has not had a run scored on him as a starter for BYU. McLaughlin is 57th at a 1.67 ERA. Sterner with a 2.04 ERA at 93rd. And Jordan Wood, BYU's ace, he's going to be a guy I think is going to be picked by an MLB team later on this summer. He's got a minuscule 2.25 ERA right now. No other team has more than two in the top 130. So the pitching for BYU has been absolutely stellar. They have been lights out all year long. Hopefully it holds up here. And of course, BYU's hitting it very well as, as hitting it very well as well. That's not very good English, but I apologize. Uh, they're among the le- national leaders, ranking 45th in the NCAA with a 290 team batting average, 37th with a th- .393 on-base percentage. So BYU's got a good chance, guys. I don't think I can break it down any more clearly. That BYU is probably going to be going to the NCAA regionals this year. It'd be awesome to see them break through and make it into Omaha, the College World Series. That's still a long ways off. Hopefully they can take care of business against San Diego. Three games set starting tonight, 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Like I said, you can catch it on the W.TV or listen to it on BYU Radio. All right, that's today's podcast. Thanks again for joining me. We'll be back tomorrow on a Friday edition of the show. Catch 
catch up on everything that happens in BYU sports, reacting to what happened with BYU baseball tonight. There's a lot to get to, and I thank you guys once again for downloading the show. If you're looking for a new podcatcher, check out the Himalaya app. When you get in your car, plug it in your smart device. Tell it to play podcast Locked On Cougars. That way, you always stay up to date with the latest in BYU news with this daily podcast. Thanks again for your continued support. We'll catch you tomorrow. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 4th, 2019. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.